0: Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Hi everyone. (laughs) I'd like to acknowledge uh, that we are here today on the lands of the Kaurna people and I'd like to pay my respect to their elders, to the elders of the past, to the elders who are working really hard today to bring the elders of the future up to be our leaders for, for the future. So thank you all for coming. My name is Nikki Cumston, and I'm the Artistic Director of Tarnandi. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you today to Sally Scales, who's one of the most innovative, incredibly dynamic young women I know. (laughs) And Sally has been working very hard over the years. She's part of the APY Council, which is quite remarkable for a young woman to be in that position. And to be, you know, doing that work that uh, that that is really not straightforward. It um, you have to be open, and you have to be clear thinking, and you have to be really respectful. It's a big job. It's a big role, and we're very proud of you, and very grateful to have you as part of our team at at the gallery, always supporting us and bringing the voices of the artists to life. So. Please join me in welcoming Sally
1: Scales. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Nikki. I would like to also acknowledge the traditional owners of this space, the Kaurna people. I also want a big shout out to the leadership here at the Art Gallery of South Australia who have always shown such beautiful generosity, especially for First Nations people, so thank you so much. We are in the room of my bosses, as I always say. And I thought I would start with the big, big boss, which is my grandma, Waria Burton. Um, So Kami, which is our word for grandma, we think she's about 98. She's the oldest female artist we know, not just Aboriginal artists, female artists in Australia. She loves to paint. She will do a painting of this size in a week, She's bossy, I get all my bossiness from her. She's demanding of her space. She sits with such cultural um, authority in it all. So a little bit about remote art centres. So um, in the APY lands, we've got seven art centres across the lands. And all of them were started by women. Jala Arts, which is all these ladies from Jala, used to be called Minmaku Arts. women's arts. And it wasn't until a beautiful senior man called Hector Burton, who was in later in life, he said, you know what, I want to do painting too. I've got stories, I've got jukurpa, I've got law and culture that I want to pass on. And So he started to do that. But it was really about a means to have some sort of um, financial independence. A little bit more of teaching the young peoples, because art centres are really the hub space, it's the, like a kitchen is the heart of a home, the art centre is the heart of a community, it's where cultural teaching happens, it's where cross-generational is happening, it's where you've got someone like my grandma who will get a young artist and put her down next to her and say, you watch me, I'll show you what you need to be doing, and that the bosses just hold that space together it's and also for an elderly person or a person with a disability, the art centres are only places that they have agency or they have a chance to thrive. Um, so with my grandma, when you guys have a look around later, you'll see how her dots drag. Now that's because she's been painting for so long now and the way that she flicks her hand, like she's doing a dot, she's dragging the, the paint up. And she always works with really thick paint. And she just thra- she throws it out there. She, like, she'll, it's like she's playing a game. So, she puts these markings down first. I'm always very conscious about not touching the painting. She'll put these markings down first, which is... This one's little minkery, so they're little mice. So it's the jukurpa for her, my great-grandparents, where the mice are travelling along, and so that's what she's putting in. So she puts those markings on, and then with the colour, she's just throwing it, and it just, it's beautiful splatters that happens. But you also get these, like, incredible sort of tonal patterns that are happening, especially like here with the creams and the, um, the pinks. Have a look at that when you go around. But what's amazing about Mara'ala, so open hands, is Kami's paintings is one of the only few paintings in this exhibit. I don't know if you guys have picked on, on that. As you go in, you'll see the Tangajira works, they're the only other ones. So last year for Tanandi, APY at our gallery, decided to just do works on paper to showcase the incredible works on paper. So as you go through Open Hands, you'll see beautiful different ways that paper has been highlighted. And this is one of the very few paintings that would just smack you in the face. (laughs) And it's great because it's that colour thing. to get her to do works on paper, which is so small as well, can you, you can see the comparisons between those big ones. We love her, she's a boss, she hates doing little paintings. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm done, I'm finished, let's go. And so you have to give her heaps at the time. And so she's like, yep, done, yep, done, yep, done. I'm ready, where's my big canvas? Where's my three by three? Where's my three by two? And so she's just, because she has it all there and she knows what she's doing. So this one's about Kamparapa, which is this beautiful bush tomato, and going out hunting with the, going out gathering with the all the big girls and stuff. And so she, again, it's those big, strong markings, and she's like, yep, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. She would have done all of this in an hour. Like, she's, that's her thing. She's just like, I want to be on a canvas all day long. She loves her painting. We have to force her to stop and eat. <laughs> And then, you, and then so she, she sits in that space as a boss. Bossy boss, she is. And then we've got beautiful Nyurbaya Kaika here. So Nyurbaya was fundamental in starting the APY Arts Centre Collective. And, and you know, so we, we oversee the Art centres on the lands. Shouldn't move around too much. I'm going to make that squeak too much. And we do regional projects, and for Njordbaya, it was always about children. What's the next generation doing? How to preserve language, how to preserve culture. But Njordbaya had such a deep love for her husband, who's unfortunately passed away now. And she writes him love letters every time she does one of her works. She just loved their relationship, loved him, loved their life together. And so this one here, she's talking about the one where it's her her husband and their son with some children out at Ernabella. And so she's talking about how much she loved him. Poor thing, he's gone now. She remembers him. And it's so, she does it all the time. And it's beautiful to see that. And what's clever with what Nyur has done is she always just does, she writes on all of her works. To make sure that that language is carrying through and what she did with these images is we've got a database called Edithja, which was started in 94. So it, we've been going to get images that anthropologists, staff, Ernabella mission staff had collected over the years and digitalised it all and had it so community mob from remote areas could have a look at it and then print them off. Uh, so they can actually see images. And it was started because some senior men had gone to the art... uh, No, had gone to the library, the state library, and seen images of themselves when they were children, naked at the mission. And I said, we've never seen this. We've never been given permission. We would like some of these images back. So, going through it all. And so, for Nurpaya, she's reclaiming that image as well that someone else had taken someone else had had. And so for her to reprint these images of her as a young wife but also as a young woman, you know, she's there with her girlfriends and they're talking, they've got put little sticks in their hand and they're doing stories in the sand. That's what they're doing there. And then you've got some beautiful other ones of her and her friends and she's like, these were my two best friends and I miss them because one of them's passed away. So she's just... she's. Retelling her story of her life by reclaiming these images as well. And then my mummy, that's Iluwanti Ken there with the beautiful walaru, which is the eagles, I just love Iluwanti. As you come in, you would have seen those beautiful black and white images from Marinka and uh, Betty, uh, Marinka Burton and Betty Muffler. So those, through, and Ilawanti, they're all nunkries, They're all traditional healers, and they all like to go. Well, I'm better. I'm better at this one. I'm better at the kids. Well, I'm better at all of them. So it's pretty funny, but they're so lovely together. And for Ilawanti, what she's done, she's. This is her her father's story that she's putting with the eagles. But what's amazing about the Waladal stuff and what's, what Illawandi always talks about is how we only really need to look at birds and to know how we should parent and how we should look after each other. Because it looks scary, and she used to put splots of red around the, t- the mouth and the, l- the feet. <laughs> now she's just like, say with the ink works. But she said, you know, birds hunt together. Uh, They put their children up high, away from predators. They make sure the children are fed first. They make sure that the children can see them and are around and they have protection. But there's that community of looking after each other. And so it was like, well, that makes sense. You know, as a mum, you want to make sure that your children are fed first, that they're away from predators, you know, that there is a community network around. And so it can look really scary and really like, whoa, like they're hunting and things, but it's like, and it's in that, with that beautiful splots of inks on that paper, which Illawanti loves a happy accident. Um, And maybe, I don't know if some of them are really accidents because uh, she loves a good spot and it just sort of happens and it's and it's she just makes it work and she's she her and Nyurpaya and mary pan a few years ago actually wove they did a woven basket but as a nets around this jukurpa, around birds around looking after children and it was in the Alice springs and it was this beautiful Nests that are like a vase, and we've just had lots of feathers and stuff around it. Um, and so you can see where she just. And it, I don't. I actually don't know if Ilawanta will come back to working on a canvas. To be honest, I think she's a paper lady, which is great. Um, and then you got Naomi who's doing the Jukurrpa with the Minmamamu, the monster lady, the monster mother, chasing everyone which is sort of, I suppose, it's one of those fables that you're told as children. So, you know, kids had Hansel and Gretel, we had Minma Mammu. You know, if you're not listening to family, then that Minma that monster lady's going to come and get you. You know, and so it's as, it's what you're told and, you know, as they you're following, or if you're not coming home at night, this is what's going to happen. So it's all of those sorts of little jukurpa that happens, those little stories. I don't call them dream time or dreamings. I actually think dream time or dreamings are insignificant to what our jukurpa is. Jukurpa is our word for law. It's our word for culture. It's our word for our connection to country. It's also our word for you know, all of that. And so when you think of, well, dreaming or dream time, which is something that is a very Western word to signify an Aboriginal beings or things, it's sort of like, it's, it doesn't have the strength to it. I mean, imagine if when the first fleet came in, people were like, no, no, this is our laws and customs. It's not our dream time, it's our laws. That change of that one word... You know, would sacred sites be ruined? Would languages be ruined? So you think if that's someone's law and that's connected to them, how different that is instead of a dream time which you can just sort of go, oh, well, that's just made, made up. It's in the sphere of dreaming. And I thought I'd talk a little bit more about... So with you've got Betty and, not in this room, (laughs) Betty and Marinka Burton, as I just said, they're they're these beautiful ngunkeries and so they've started to work together. They're a niece and auntie team, um, both ngunkeries, and what's a beautiful story about Betty Muffler is Betty's only started painting about four years ago, three, four years ago, and so for her, she's very late in her life, she's like, okay, I'm ready now, I've done my work, I've been a Ngankri, I've looked after the kids, I've looked after the grannies, and now this is my time and I'm going to put my Djukurupur in. And What's been really amazing is to see how Betty's just having the best time of her life, but also getting the recognition she deserves. So she was on the cover of Vogue magazine in their September issue, which was pretty amazing, uh, which is about hope. And because Betty's thing was like, well, I'm a healer and I can't go out and heal everyone in this time of COVID. And so she's like, I'm going to put it all down on my paintings, on my paperworks. I'm going to put it out and put it out into the the universe so that everyone can get healed when they see my works, which was like, yes, Betty. (laughs) What a beautiful sight to think, you know what, this is what we're... I'm giving this out to the world. You know, this is, while I can't go and heal everyone, let's maybe do some healing through paintings, which I think is really important and I think everyone needs a painting to heal through. But, yeah, so the, these are the boss. Well, she's the big, big boss. Marinka's the big, big boss at Indalkana. Unfortunately, the Jala women don't have that chance with coming. <laughs> She sits front and centre in all the rooms. But I want to, is there anything, any questions, anything that I can answer for you, everyone? So how she paints about it is, so she will, uh, she will sit, she would probably sit here first to do these markings and then sit on the edge. But she will sit on top of the canvas. She will we'll put, so if she does this section first, lets it dry, we'll put a cushion on there, and then she goes away. Yeah. Or you turn it. So uh, I've recently started painting. So for me, I'm, so the, some of the ladies don't like to be on a table leaning over. They'll like, like to be on the ground. But I do both um, on the table or standing up. So it just is a preference, but it's also really good to move around and get that blood circulating. So it's it's for some most, for big, big ones, like my grandma, so my grandma and Marinka will often be the first ones to do markings when we do collaborative pieces. And those pieces can be five meters by two meters. And so they'll be in the middle doing the, the core, the core lines and the core jukurpa, yeah. Yeah. Seniority. <laughs> so that that kinship sort of family sort of stuff. Mother-in-laws and son-in-laws don't really talk. I think that son-in-laws would love that in every space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheeky. <laughs> I follow this one. So, yeah, the, there is definitely that. But it's more, I think this one's... That one with the Minma Mamu is really about the mum trying to find her daughter and what's going on and that processes. And so it's, you know, yes, it's a little bit about the son-in-law, mother-in-law sort of dynamic, but also that's changed and those relationships change as well as generationally goes. But, you know, for us, we still have our kinship sort of lines happen. In central Australia... It goes, the further north you go, there's more groups, I suppose you can say. Um, we only have the four. <laughs> so it's sort of you know who you can and can't marry. So it's, it's still there. So for us, we have that quite strong. But yeah, it's, it's that one's so I, I find what Naomi's really talking about it's more that mother-daughter relationships and not necessarily the son-in-law. I'll say one more thing. As you sort of go and sort of finish with your walkthrough, you will see a beautiful piece by the Maraku ladies, which is a walker board done by, yeah, Mrs Lewis. But who you're listening to is Mrs Patterson. And Mrs Patterson is another big boss, but she's the big, big boss of all And so she's sitting there and she's singing the songs. So it's really amazing just to sit there and have a moment. So you get a little bit of loving from her as well, so. I was advised that. And Mrs Lewis has <clears throat> unfortunately passed away at towards the la- end of last year. And she was an artist that was across every field. She changed jumpy desert weavers from basket making into sculptures. She started doing these sculptures. Um, she did a camera. She did a whole cattle station scene. She did a f- bowl of fruit which is really interesting. Um, You didn't know whether it was an apple or a tomato, so... um, So that, just... And what she's depicted on those, the board, so it's um, like a plywood board, which she's then etched, so she's burnt into it, and then she's painted on top, which is, again, very different. And so what she's depicted, the early life of growing up in remote communities, and then that what's now community life, so yeah. I think, look, so for us um, with the, so with Nyur and all the senior artists starting the collective and really pushing for the gallery, so we've got two galleries, one here in Adelaide and one in Sydney, and their focal point is for young and emerging artists. So artists who are in their first, Five years of practice, who don't have a representation, or just you know giving it away to hot coat. Like we had a senior man who was 65, and he was an emerging artist. Betty Muffler was called an emerging artist. But you also have beautiful ones like me." <laughs> um, then you also got Sharon Adamson, who's 23, and who's already gone over to America. She went and did an artist in residence in Kluguru, which is at the University of Virginia. So, because the, the, my elders said, well, being an artist is really, really important, especially in remote communities, because you're the only source of non-government funds. So you're the only place where you have independence. And being an artist for us is important in that way, or financially, but also for us in the cultural sense, because you're carrying on the tradition and that jukurpa of that sacred site, of that, um, that family kinship lines, all of that, you're putting that down in, on paper. You're writing it down, but you're writing it down in, with fabulous colours. So it's that continuation of that is happening as well. And so it's like, no, 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 we also want those young artists to have a long and successful career being an artist. Because if you look at the, um, the Natsias, the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Arts Award, for years, the medium age of winners would be 60, 65. And unfortunately, with the life expectancy of an Aboriginal person, if you hit that success, you're only gonna have it for, if you're lucky, 12 years, and then you pass away. And so they were like, no, 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 we want these young ones to have it earlier and for longer because everyone else gets to have that space and that avenue and also this is a real job you know it's it's I have a friend who's a musician who's constantly asked by his dad when are you going to get a real job and he's like being a musician is a real job might not have the money 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 at, at the moment but it's a real job because it's filling me up And so I think that's what we need to change our attitudes in the arts as well. It's a real, it's important. Because let's be honest, in civilization, that's what we remember is how the arts changed that time in history. I'll leave it at that.